This episode of Survival Dispatch News, we're going to discuss the power station vandalism that's happening all across the country. Hey guys, today's video is sponsored by Off-Grid Cyber Security Products. Now, Off-Grid didn't pay us to feature their products today, but they did send us some really cool products that I'd like to tell you about. This is the Off-Grid Faraday backpack. Now, Faraday is a shielding technology. It has lots of great features. It's got multiple compartments. As you can see, this is a really cool backpack. It's got hidden pockets. It's large enough for a couple days worth of clothes and personal items. Here I've got the Faraday duffel bag. It's got the same Faraday technology, multi-layer shielding technology. It's super tough. When you get a chance to feel this material, you're going to feel like you're going to feel what I feel, and it feels good. There's room for lots of clothes and lots of equipment in this bag. Right here, I've got the off-grid switch wallet. That's what you're looking at on the screen here. This is also a high-security phone case that you can put, um, put into stealth mode by cutting off all cell, Bluetooth, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals just by slipping your phone into this pocket. Check out all the great off-grid products in the link we provided, and thanks for watching. All right, we're back with Survival Dispatch News with our special guest today. You might uh, recognize this handsome fella right here, <laughs> Chris Weatherman, a.k.a. Angry American, spelled A-N-G-E-R-Y. On purpose. Why is that? There's actually a, well, the, my, the most common answer I give people to that, especially when they leave stuff on my Facebook page, like, you're an author, how do you not know how to spell angry? <laughs> um, I like to tell them that it's idiot bait and the fish is good. Uh, but the uh, there's a definition for that spelling of angry in the Urban Dictionary, and it's to be angry over something trivial or nonsensical. And at the time, I had just joined a survival forum, and uh, uh, Barry Satoro had just been elected president. All right. and, and that's what I was angry about. So... That's yes. how the name happened. Yeah. You and 200 other million people. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> well, hey, guys, uh, on a more serious note, some scary, scary stuff going on with Always. these uh, power station. Uh, I don't even know if vandalism is the right no, word. No, they're, they're attacks. The, these are infrastructure attacks. Um, you know, the, the left in this country uh, since January of last year likes to throw the term insurrection around insurrection. Uh, I don't know how you have an insurrection, though, when one side shows up with no guns. That's that's not an insurrection. Right. But beside that point, we are actively and very deeply in the middle of a hybrid ins insurrection in this country. So a hybrid ins insurrection is state actors working in consort with non-state actors. Now, as soon as I say state actors, all kinds of things come to mind. But the first thing that should come to mind for everybody right now are the Twitter files that Elon Musk is releasing. Absolutely. Where we're seeing all this epic collusion in the Department of Justice and, and in our own intelligence apparatus being weaponized against the United States. Well, there's foreign actors doing the same thing. Russia and China are here. Anybody who thinks they're not is out of their mind. Iran mm -hmm. is here. North Korea is here. Everybody is here. Everybody who wishes to do us ill is here. So there's a, there's a lovely book that was written years ago called Spetsnaz. I think it was Suvorov, I think was his name. But if you look up Spetsnaz, you can find the book. Um, and he was the highest defecting KGB asset at the time to ever defect the United States. And he laid out Russia's plan of how they, were, how they would attack the United States. And there's white, pink, and red phases to their assault. And we are firmly in what Suvorov would describe as the pink phase. That's where they started some limited direct action work, and, and now it's advancing. 
So you remember all the food facilities that burned over a mm-hmm. hundred that are still occurring. Yes. Yeah. That is that is directly out of a Russian Spetsnaz playbook of making infrastructure um, outages look like happenstances or accidents. Well, you know, all right, once is, is is one thing, twice is the beginning of a pattern. You know, or they say twice is a coincidence and three is the beginning of a pattern. I don't believe in coincidences. So I see something like that happen once. I see it happen again. To me, it's already I'm seeing a pattern, and so I start watching, and we watch them. Just it's just cascading. You know, these things just keep going and going and going, and they're always under bizarre circumstances. Oh, yeah. The most bizarre circumstances. Well, you can't fight if you're hungry. And this is true. So they prepped us all year long with food shortages, food shortages, food shortages are coming. Um, but what they didn't say is they're not coming until next year. So they're coming in 2023. That's when we're going to be having problems. The most problems. We've been having a lot of problems. We're going to have even more. Um, you know, Ukraine is, it, is thankfully at least getting some grain out of the country. Um, I can't remember how many 15 million tons or something were exported last month or something like that. Because folks don't realize that Ukraine is the breadbasket of the world. They feed Africa. Right. Really. That's where a lot of it goes. I think a lot of people don't have a clue about that. No. Where where the, the they don't. Where your food is coming from. No, well no, and, and we don't. Everybody thinks, you know, meat comes in a styrofoam package and cellophane wrapped in the grocery store. If they had to go get it themselves, number one, they don't possess the skill set or knowledge. Number two, they don't have the intestinal fortitude to probably do what it takes to get that meal, you know. Um, and if they did you know, if we were in that deep of a food crisis, it'd be like the Great Depression, where it was a big deal. It was newsworthy to say that somebody seen a deer. Yeah, in the early That's 1900s, around the Depression, 30s, and around that. Yeah, white-tailed deer were nearly extirpated from the eastern United States. They did That's not right. exist right. east yeah. of the Mississippi. Yeah. And the population at that time. Now, in my book, Decline and Decay, Alan Kay and I wrote a nonfiction book called Decline and Decay: Strategies for Surviving the Coming Unpleasantness. I go into that very point in very much detail breaking down the population differences. I think it was 43 million people in the U.S. then. We're 350 million people now. If 30 million people, just the population in the eastern half of the U.S., which was the bulk of it back then, but still, but if that many people could dry, dry clean the landscape of gain, hmm. what do we think 340 million people can do? Yeah. Wow. Not enough there. And, and the fact that there are more firearms in this country than there are people. So what we're going to end up seeing is we're going to see a lot of animals, livestock in particular, because cattle are easy to walk up to and shoot. They don't run. They don't try to hide. they got none of those instincts. We're going to be seeing dead livestock, dead deer, dead game, where someone managed to jaggedly hack off a piece of this animal to take home to eat that day because they don't know what to do with the rest of the damn thing. Right. They don't know how to preserve how to, it. They, well, they don't know how to dress it, gut it cut it up, what to do it, let alone preserve it. Yeah, Before we even true. get to that part, they don't even know how to take that animal apart. So we're going to see a lot of wasted animals, and that's going to happen. And then if, if we were in, in a true collapse-style event, you know, within six months, you won't see animals. You won't see cats and dogs. You're not going to see birds mm-hmm. or squirrels or rabbits or turtles. or You're not going to see anything. It will be gone. Hmm. So this idea of I'm going to go hunt, and support my family because I'm a good hunter and I'm going to do all that stuff. Uh, you're you're probably not. You know, probably I want to I want to redirect our conversation just a little bit. I'm going to just play devil's advocate, yeah, if you will, Chris. So ah, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theorists. No, it's just a that's just a random attack on that power station. How would you answer that? 
Well, we've been seeing a few of these. Um, our adversaries know that the our Achilles heel in this country legitimately is our power system. Um, it's fragile, it's antiquated, it's outdated, um, it's overburdened. Um, and having spent a career in the power generation industry, I got unique insight. I, I know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about there. But the incident that happened in Moore, North Carolina, what people don't realize is, is there is a, a huge special forces presence in Moore, North Carolina. Um, it's home for a special forces group. Um, there's also a bunch of other secret squirrel kind of folks in that town. Um, there's also a lot of retired SF in that town. I mean, you you can't swing a dead cat there without hitting somebody with a green beret or, or a green beret hanging on the wall of the house. Like, they're, they're everywhere. What the media tried to come out and say is that they attacked in Moore, North Carolina was in protest against a drag queen event. Um, and there were some photos released. You guys remember seeing gates pulled down, stuff yeah. like that? In those photos, there were those photos and there was photos that came out after that. Photos that came out after that had police cars and fire trucks and power company trucks and all these flashing lights and stuff in them. But those first photos that we saw, none of that was there. Those photos were released by a female left-wing activist. So how did she know which two substations were hit and to get there and take pictures of them before, before the, the authorities even? Yeah. Secondly, the attack happened after the drag show. The drag show was over, so we know when the protest was Whoever did it, uh, Disable the security cameras at both locations, so that shows some that's operational. Very telling itself. That's some, that shows yeah. a, a level of operational capacity that's that's pretty telling. And then they they actually struck the transformers. The hits at both substations happened happened simultaneously. They went down at the same time. I did not know that. Yeah, a lot of there's a lot of shipping. Okay. A lot of people don't know they issued seven sealed warrants in this case last week too. I did hear that. Why are they sealed? This is just a Great. vandalism thing, right? Yeah. This is vandalism. And then the one in Cal in Washington, when it happened, how did they report that one? How did the how did the media they report it? They reported that the substation had been burglarized. Burglarized. <laughs> but that's what the media said. The substation had been burglarized. They broke in and stole okay. a fuse. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we we know that the infrastructure is is antiquated, overburdened, and outdated, and they're learning. It is extremely vulnerable. Those transformers. They're made from, it might be eighth inch mild steel plate. They're not thick, you know, right. maybe three sixteenths of an inch, quarter tops. It's been a while since I've seen one split open, but we used to, they used to blow up and shit, we'd deal with them. Yeah. Um, quarter inch tops of mild plate steel. So yeah. a ARs are going to shoot through it, AKs, M4s, you know, anything else. Anything above a 22 long rifle is putting holes in it. Yeah, so, easily a uh, 62 grain, green chip. Five, five, all day long, all day long. And and all you got to do is get holes in them because they're full of mineral oil. Get the oil level to drop low enough that the heat rises. They will, whoop, they'll, they'll go out for mm. sure. Plus, in a direct fire attack like this was where they're directly firing on the transformers, they probably shorter coils inside of them and did all kinds of stuff that those things are pretty well shot. They'll be taken someplace and they'll try to rebuild them, but there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of coils to unwind to get the projectiles out of it. So it takes a while. And, you know, and, and those transformers typically take a year from the date they're ordered to even get. Um, most of them, if, if it's a big substation, you'll, if you look at maps, you pay attention, you're driving around, big substations and power plants are always built near railroads mm -hmm. because you can't move the transformers on the road. They're too heavy. Wow. They have to be moved on a train. They have That's to be moved on a train. And they're not made in the United States, so they got to come in by sea. Okay. So they're made in Germany, um, Taiwan, Korea, Japan, 
So they've got to be brought in overseas, put on a train to get to the site. And you're looking at a year, year and a half build time, mm-hmm. not even mentioning transportation and the logistics of moving this kind of stuff. So these aren't quick fixes. And in the media, they say it all the time. And I, and I love how they, they always tell the bad guys what they need to do. The <laughs> six or eight key substations taken out around this country and put them in total place in darkness. And, and they're right. There, there's It's 12. But there's 12 of them you could hit and you could knock the power out of the country. Now, there would be regional power. You know, if you lived near a power plant, you would probably have power. But as far as getting it out to anybody, uh, the farther away you live from one, the longer you'd be in the dark. So, Well, back to Washington for a minute. You made a comment before we started recording this as far as, you know, the North Carolina was fairly sophisticated, but yeah. the one in Washington was more of a... I, I think classified. copycat. Yeah. You know, because there was the one in uh, California a couple of years ago uh, where they hit a transfer, they hit a substation with AKs. Okay. So we're seeing this. So we can chalk it up to coincidence, but I stated earlier, I don't believe in coincidence. So um, I believe the one in North and more North Carolina was specifically targeted at first group um, and looking, it was a probing attack. Okay. How are they going to respond? What are their capacities? Backup power, those sorts of things, I think, is what was being sought. That's the next question on my sense. mind. That, that, was, uh, that makes a lot well, of sense. This is an experiment. So something that the military has been doing that most people don't know about is over the last several years, they have been going around and building huge solar farms on all the military bases, massive solar farms, because they're building what they call microgrids. So when the solar farms are done and they're at capacity, they will probably disconnect the power of the uh, bases from the grid. Mm. So they're isolated. Mm. That does two things. One, they're not reliant on the domestic power source. And number two, an EMP, an e, if an EMP or, or CME were to occur, those are both cumulative events. So the more antenna you have, the more signal you pick up. And in this case, by signal, we mean actually amperage. We're generating right. load. So our power grid is the biggest antenna on the planet. That stuff's tied in in every country. Mm-hmm. It's wires hung through the air on insulators. It's a perfect antenna. So it's going to suck up lots of load, and that's why things connected to the grid will go up. Like, I mean, there will be – all the books have it wrong. Even mine, I didn't do it. The, the fires, the buildings that will be burning, the houses that will be burning, and the structures – because these loads are going to come in and hit them, hit all those appliances inside of them, and it's going to be, it's going to be bad. So the military, in anticipation of this, are building their own private microgrids that are solar based. That's all the wiring underground. And EMP protected. Protected, not proof, but protected. Right. Yes. So, um, so they, they, they're they doing that, not making it public. But I've got a friend that's been traveling to, to power plant or uh, military bases all over the country putting these big things in. Interesting. So they see the problem with it. And so it, this is scary. It's, it's, it's really, it's frightening. You're mentioning things I didn't even think, think about. <laughs> yeah. The surges and the oh, things that could oh, happen yeah. in oh, individual yeah. homes and buildings and yeah, things. But we're, we're not here to scare people. But we want no. to, but we want people to know what's going on. Knowledge the- is power. We have, we have theories as yeah. to why, but, but the real, the real reason we are talking about this is to provoke some thought so that our viewers can be thinking about what can I do for myself, my yeah. family, my situation. Yeah. And that's where I'd kind of like to leave this discussion. Yeah. And we don't mean sell the house and move the boonies. You've got to live life. You know, if, if the bad day ever comes, we're going to want these good days to look back on and uh, to, to, you know, to, to reinforce our heart and our drive and be able to keep going. But at the same time, understand the risks that exist in life and in the world and, and do your part to mitigate them for your family, whatever that looks like. 
looks different for everybody sitting here. Sure. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Denny, uh, there's a handful of options available to people. Like Chris has mentioned solar several times. Yep. Uh, there's portable solar. There's power stations. Right mm -hmm. down to solar powered devices, yep. you know, which we've been sent a bunch yeah. of them. just simple things like lighting and whatnot. Yeah, and we had a little stove sent to us uh, when you're you know, burning wood in, it generates electricity, power. Yep. yeah, and stuff power like that. So, yep. there's, there's, I like what Chris said though, everybody's needs are different, yeah. So, there's a bunch of options, you know. We got a, a propane generator sent to us, it's only a thousand watts, it's mm -hmm. nothing crazy, but. The guy who built them built them so you could put wire them in series. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So nice. Instead, of, and they're only five hundred bucks or so. Really? So and they run off like your barbecue tank. Yeah, twenty-five pound bottle. Yeah, even the smaller ones. You can run off the little Coleman five pound bottles. Really? Yeah, yeah, like the little Coleman bottles really? and stuff. But the idea was is like say the person doesn't have whatever ten thousand dollars to go out and do a whole home generator, yeah. blah blah blah. And they buy one. They got five hundred bucks. Buy another yeah. one. But you and know before what, you know it, they've got. 5kw of power which yeah. is and we're talking about temporary solutions true right? yes we are we're talking about interim solutions yeah interim short term um because a little generator like that a thousand watt you look at it, you think a thousand watts ah that's that's nothing in our life right now correct but in a life where there is no power a little bit of power is a lot of a car battery is an immense amount of power yeah if you have no power as long as you have the ability to utilize it well I, yeah, something else though on that topic that's really interesting is that these power stations, the small portable ones mm -hmm. that have solar panels mm -hmm. with them, the ones that have a smartphone app, you'd be surprised. Like right now, the way the sun is, you'd be lucky if you got one or two watts out of it. Oh yeah, hmm. it, they it. So if you go days without sunshine, yep. you're not charging anything. Nope. And even if you do have power, I tell you, late in the afternoon, I set a solar panel up like this, Chris, just for the heck of it. Yeah. It was like 20 watts power and it was rated for 200 really? and I tipped it one inch and it immediately spiked up to 80 watts. It was I think four it's, times the power. I think one it, inch. I think it's 24 degrees huh. in Florida. I think it's 24 degrees that you want for the optimum. Yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah, our building court codes here for solar are pretty strict because of hurricanes yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, 10 degrees maximum declination for a solar panel in the state of Florida. Mounted on a roof. On a flat roof. Yeah, it's either yeah. ballasted or mounted. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they ballast them with That's cement right. blocks and stuff. But if you go up north, like you go to upstate New York and stuff, their panels, they move, they tilt. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you can get all that here. You can get, get all the trackers and stuff here, too. But in Florida, we don't need trackers. The sun's so good. If yeah. you get them on a 24-degree pitch, it's perfect in Florida. That's where you're going to get the, the, the most juice during the day. But like you said, coverage like this, you're not getting anything nothing appreciable nothing. at least yeah, yeah so it, i think myself is that depending on what people's means are is that they should have multiple things to try and help them get through well th there's a so everybody knows what the tesla wall is and there's mm -hmm. a few products like that out there the battery technology has come so far now um like i was looking at a system for my house it was sixty thousand dollars but that system it had 19 kw of solar it would have run my home my central air, everything, my home for three mm -hmm. days with no sunshine. Nice. Wow. Off of lithium batteries. Yeah. It, would take, house, it would take three of these units, but it would run my house for three days. On That's average in the state, state of Florida, just because I have a strong background in construction yes. and commercial roofing and stuff like that, um, it's about 30000 for a PV system that will run your entire house, so yeah. photovoltaic cells. Yeah. And it's about another 30000 for the Tesla wall, yep. you know, so that you've got backup. And... 
you know, we're going to go political here for a second, but when uh, we got hit with Hurricane Matthew, um, there was an emergency legislative session, and Duke and FPL lobbied the Rick Scott admin to put in emergency rules that said you have to have a battery backup for your solar system. If you have a Generac generator, and you know he knows more about power than I do, but when the grid goes down, there's a disconnect switch, it flips automatically, boom, you're running on your Generac. When it senses the grid's back up again, it flicks the switch back over after it shuts off the Generac, everybody's safe. That switch has been mandatory in Florida building code for eons, okay? Automatic transfer switch. Exactly, but that emergency legislative session, the FBL and Duke successfully lobbied you know, the Rick Scott admin to say, oh, uh, there's still a danger to lawn workers. They could get electrocuted. So you have to have a battery backup system to simulate the grid being up. And they effectively doubled the cost of solar. Wow. So to this day, right now in Florida, if you don't have battery backup, you've got a PV solar system and the grid goes down, you are not allowed to run it in the state of Florida. Now, I thought that was only, I know that was for battery backup. I knew the solar panels had to be disconnected. That solar panel disconnect has been around forever. The legislation that changed during Matthew now states that if you want to run your solar during a grid down situation, you have to have a battery backup to simulate the grid being up because it was a safety issue, which is Kraka, you know. So. No wonder Solar Edge um, inverters is going out of business because they're a they're an inverter that requires line voltage. They're okay. a, they're a grid tie inverter. Okay, but they're going out of business. They, because somehow folks get, I got a buddy that's what he does for a living is he installs solar. He was going to do the one on my house. Mine was going to be, the meter was going to be on my house. Okay. There were going to be no bars, wires coming off the bottom <laughs> of it. Because you have to have the meter in the state of Florida. Correct. You can't live off grid. So, all right, I'll pay the $15 for the meter to sit in that, that socket right there. There's nothing <laughs> yep. coming off of it. Yep. That light bill better never be more than $15 because I'm not burning a kilowatt of your power. Um, but yeah, it's there's ways around it. None of us can be self-sufficient. Those that try to say they are, they're not. You know. Um, again, going back to the decline of the K, we, we talk about hunting. We can go into that again. Look at what your when your average buddy says he's going hunting. What's he doing? He's hooking up, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollar truck to a hundred twenty thousand dollar fifth wheel with a forty thousand dollar side by side or a, or a twenty ten twelve thousand dollar four wheeler back there. You know, he's got a two thousand dollar rifle. He's got a bunch of hunting clothes. He didn't produce, make any of this shit himself. Right. None of it. And he's he's going to go spend five or six hundred dollars in fuel to go someplace to kill an animal that he's then going to take to a processor. And he might be paying for a lease to hunt on. And he's probably paying for the lease too. And then he's going to pay a processor to give him packaged meat. And he's going to come home and call himself a hunter. That's 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 not a hunt. That's that's not hunting. Yeah. I don't. You know. And I'm not poo pooing on hunting, guys. I like to it's hunt sport. too. It is sport. It's sport. Um, and there's still challenge to it, but. But going out and, and having all this top-grade gear and, and all this stuff, it's great. I, I like it, too. But let's be honest about what it is. That's not hunting. The hunting that people will be doing, uh, you know, hopefully not in the very near future, but it's going to be a different kind of hunting. <laughs> um, it's not going to look like traditional hunting by any stretch of the imagination. So spotlights and pickup trucks, I think, in that future. <laughs> I want to back up just a little bit and just talk about <clears> – <throat> Educate me a little bit, help me out a little bit, think about this. I'm seeing like different tiers of preparedness for uh, lack of having power that you're paying for from the, from the power company. So can you can we just talk about some small temporary solutions to get you by, maybe during a power outage, hurricane, whatever, 
and versus a couple tiers up and, ha and how that would work and what you guys what you guys would do for yourselves or, or, or maybe are doing for yourselves to be prepared well i mean mine starts down with like uh it's not it's like a gold zero like a gold zero yeti or a jack reload one of those units I, i've got one of those so in the middle of the night if the power goes out i don't get up and go start generators and all that crap anymore i get that thing and i plug the fan in my bedroom into it because i need that white noise or i don't sleep i go back to bed now if it's august and it's a million degrees outside all right i'm getting up i'm getting the generator out i'm getting things going because that's my temporary power system um, is generators um, the jackery unit can be solar powered um, i used to have a portable solar power station that all fits out of a cargo trailer um, it used a, a, a sewn-in battery bank made in Germany, and I had all the panels and everything, a 50-amp plug. I could hook it to my house and run my house after the storm. I, it ran my shop for the longest time, powered my shop, until I finally ran the power out there. But there are ways to do it, but you, you got to remember that even that is still in turn. It's a little bit longer term, but solar panels are only good for like 10 years, and you got to replace them. So... After 10 years, are they still going to work? A little bit. Yeah, you're still going to get something out of them. Only 10 years. Only, your batteries are the same way. Yeah. All right, so unless you're storing lead-acid batteries dry on the shelf with an electric light beside them where you can charge up these batteries when the day comes, it's still short-term because it's going to run out. It's like, you know, you could have 10 years worth of food stored. That's great as long as it's less than a 10-year thing you're living through. If it's 11 years, you're screwed, you know. If you, you know, I got a year's worth of food. I got a year's I'm like, that's awesome. What are you going to do on day 366? What are you going to eat? What's planned? Um, they buy seed vaults from these companies. And I ate. If you sell these, I'm sorry. I'm not saying everybody's ripping people off. But they're ripping people off. I mean, you're, you're going to buy these seeds in a number 10 can. You don't know what variety they are. You don't know what zone they're designed to grow in. You don't even know if they'll grow in your zone. You're going to buy this thing. You're going to throw it in the back of the closet. You're going to be like, okay. When the bad thing happens, I'm going to plant a garden and I can feed my family. And then I'll go hunting and I'm good to go. Um, just like you don't pick up a rifle and become a marksman, you don't pick up a shovel and become a gardener. Right. You know? um, these are all skills that we, we've got to learn and maintain proficient in or they will atrophy and die and go away. So, yeah, it's not fun in normal life That's you know to, to try to tend guards and deal with livestock and come out here and do security training and, and do all the crap that we got to do. But it would be more fun to be on a beach someplace, right? Yeah. But but once you know that all these things are a possibility, personally, I'm the guy like I don't want to be caught with my pants down. Now I'm not I'm not like you know super high elevated, ready to go any minute. Like always looking around. I've got friends like that, and I feel bad for them because they're not living life. Yeah. You know, life's meant to be lived, not endured. And in my opinion, some of my buddies are enduring their lives, waiting for the thing to happen. That's pro that that may never happen. You know, that's a really good point. Yeah. I know, uh, things like that as yeah. well, and a little too much worry going on. If there you're to enjoy if, life. if you're working this hard to 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 save your life, you know, or, or whatever it is, what are you saving? Yeah. Quality of life is a thing. Sure is. You know, it legitimately is a thing. So, if we're focusing too much on getting ready for the bad thing to happen. And we're missing all the little, the good things that are happening around us that we're supposedly doing all that crap to protect them. Why are we doing that? You know, so it's a balanced thing. And I, and I try to tell everybody to make, make, live for today. Take the vacations. Maybe don't spend as much, but, you know, take the vacations, do the things, but be getting your preparedness in order. You know, 
Um, you are your own first responder. Nobody is coming to save you. Um, it's all up to you at the end of the day. So it's, it's incumbent on you. If you're watching, you know. If you can't say you didn't know, now you know. So watch more videos. This is a good place to do it. Um, and go take some training classes. Um, can't stress it enough. You know, you can buy a $3,000 rifle. That's not going to make you Michelangelo. You know, <laughs> just because you got a paintbrush, you ain't a painter. Um, you buy that nice rifle, you'd be better off with a, you know, an $800 Palmetto State rifle and $2,500 of training. Yep. Amen, so, amen yeah. to that. Yeah. Uh, you know. <clears throat> Well, Chris, obviously you're a wealth of information. Remind folks where they can find some of your content. Oh, I'm I'm all over everything. Angry American, get me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube a little bit. I don't make too many videos anymore these days. Instagram, I'm on there. Um, I got a Patreon. You can find me, Angry American, there as well. We do uh, lives every Thursday night on Facebook, every Tuesday night on Instagram or on um, Patreon. So we've got one of those this evening to do. Um, and then, and also, if anybody out there is into DMR Radio. Monday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern, we do a radio net on the TGIF network in the Stump Knocker room. So you can pop in, talk ham radio stuff. We did that to try to get more people to start using ham radios because it's yeah. using a Raspberry Pi and we're not transmitting open air. It's it's getting people to use the radios a little more because we, we did a bit of a drive, getting people licensed, getting them get the radios, getting them do their stuff. And so we're encouraging them to get on the air and use the that's radios really to hold cool. nets. Yeah, yeah, that's really so, cool, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Well, good deal. Well, we appreciate being on this appreciate uh, you having us episode out, of Survival Dispatch yeah, sure. News. Yeah, absolutely. We've got yeah. more episodes coming up, right, Chris? Chris and Chris. Chris, yeah. Chris and Chris <laughs> also. So thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, and engage with us and help that algorithm. Thanks for watching.